BP Nation, what is up? We are back on the podcast. And this week, I finally had the pleasure of sitting down with our good friend, Danielle Kebex over at Strong and Unfiltered to discuss how the fitness industry is letting women down. We go through all sorts of topics and we do go on a few tangents as well throughout the episode. So hopefully you enjoyed those. But there are a lot of nuggets in this episode that I want you to be able to take away and apply to your individual fitness journey. So make sure you're tuning in, you're listening, you're taking some notes as well, because you are not going to want to miss everything that Danielle and I dive into. So without further ado, let's get into the podcast. Welcome back to the podcast. I have Derek Ball of Ballistic Performance with me. Um, Ashley's lesser, better half. I don't know how I want to say that. That's rude. <laughs> you just called me an ungrateful donkey before we started recording, and I'm there's really no sad that there's. I know. I'm so pissed. I'm still laughing about it. Um, <laughs> Derek, um, like I said, is the what co-owner, co-founder, however you want to call it for yourself of Ballistic Performance. You guys hear me talk about them all the time. Um, if you have nutrition or fitness needs, please hit them up, send them a DM, send them an email. I will link all of their info in the show notes as I do frequently. Um, Derek is also in charge of my programming, which we just had like a 15 minute discussion about where I'm going with that. <laughs> she doesn't know um, where I'm she's super going. Psyched. Just so we're all clear. <laughs> I have no idea where I'm going. You actually agreed with all of my ideas. Yeah, I did. They were they were good ideas. See, and we have that on, we have that on tape. We have that recorded. That yeah, you'll have proof of that. I I laughed really hard when the Make Wads Great Again guy. I don't know what his name is, but his memes are hysterical. When he made one about like something whatever the donkey one was, I was like, they literally made a meme about oh, us. the Gordon Ramsay one. Yes, that was perfect. But that's how it is. Okay. You're veteran athletes. You're like, you're literally my donkey. Just shut up and listen. <laughs> like, even we're going to be long enough, you know what we're doing. Just do it. Oh, my God. It's been almost what? Like, we met in 2018. So probably three years total. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, because there was a period of time that you guys either hadn't started ballistic and I wasn't with you yet. And then I came over to the dark side and I haven't left. Those were the good days, that interim period. <laughs> Thought I got rid of you. Jesus Christ, I get enough of this shit at <laughs> home and now I have to get it from you? I'm just kidding. We worked We worked hard to reel you back in. Mm, we did. It. I, I had done some hard work before I started, though, because I think had I started working with Ash, like even a year sooner, I think it might have been, she would have had reason to be very fearful. Yeah, I was just meaning we put in the work to make sure you came on board. Not that you weren't working when you weren't with us. <laughs> to bring me over to the dark side. You did you did low-key like harass me for quite some time. Well, first of all, we're not the dark side. You gotta quit saying that. We are the force. True. And everything else is the dark side. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I don't watch Star Wars. I've never seen Star Wars, so I can't appreciate that's a Star Wars reference, right? Yeah, I'm not like a diehard Star Wars though. Like I've seen them all one time. Maybe a couple times. 
but okay. I'm not like the the nut job who's gonna watch every episode of The Mandalorian and like get my rocks off to it. No. Yeah, I was paying for other programming at the time, and I was like, I finally got so fed up with it that I still let my contract ride out with that and started paying you guys because I was like, I'm done with this. Yeah. I wasn't feeling good, and every time I was like, I don't understand, I'm not recovering, but I'm doing all the things to recover. Well, I did the that programming same programming just... for a bit. I hated it. Well, it oh, you, that's right, you did. Well, I did, it was um, market research, so I only did it for like two weeks, but yeah, I was not a fan. You you did do a lot of market research when you guys first started. You pay, didn't you pay for like every? I was a like member a of, of like twelve different online programs. <laughs> I was I was like in street parking, uh, linchpin, uh, icon athlete, warm up workout, like any online program you could buy into that was less than thirty dollars. I bought into. You it. did it. That's cool though. Um, did you feel beat up when you did it or did you just not do it enough to even like make a comment? Uh, I, I mean, truly I didn't do it long enough to like put in a ton of like to really reflect on it and like give it a valid response to it. But just in the two weeks that I did it, I just wasn't a fan of the format. I didn't like the yeah. way it flowed. I didn't like the combination of movements. I didn't like the stimulus. So it just wasn't, wasn't for me. Maybe some people love it. I just, I didn't. Yeah. And I mean, I think there's stuff out there for everybody, but I mean, I just continually kept saying the same thing in our, in the Facebook group. Like I'm not recovering. I'm getting so sore. I feel like I want to die. I was sleeping eight to nine hours a night. Like I was doing all the things, right? Yeah. Like, well, my I'm thing like, is with is a lot of those is that it's all, it's kind of like what Stu Brower talks about on what the fuck gym talk is. If it looks like CrossFit smells like CrossFit, then it's probably <laughs> CrossFit and you're just doing it in a different, like you're calling it something different, but it's really not. But what, what kills me is that it's marketed as recover from your high intensity, like burnout. Yeah. Well, I, I can see how it's. And injuries or whatever. Yeah. I can see how it is different. Like I get the spin that is put on it, but it's still all the same movements just done in a little bit of a different format, like with different, mm -hmm. you know, I just, it, overall, not a good experience. <laughs> I, I agree. So. Long story short, I went over to, what did you call it? The light force? No, not light force, donkey. <laughs> what was it? Just the force. Oh. Like, that's, yeah, you really aren't a Star Wars fan at all. Like, the force isn't a side. The force is, like, <laughs> the thing that gives them their abilities. <laughs> oh, that It's like was... what the Jedi use to do their Jedi tricks. Marcus is going to give me so much shit when he hears this. Yeah, it's okay. Ashley said a few things in the last month that I'm like, thank God no one recorded that. <laughs> Do you cringe when both of her get on, both of us get on to record together? You're like, what the hell is going to come out of this? I just make sure when I edit, I don't listen to any of it. I just, <laughs> I just I chop in the intro, chop off the end. And, and then you two <laughs> like to have 27 minute conversations leading into the actual podcast. So I chop all that <laughs> off. And yeah, that's it. <laughs> you love it. Um, but the main, so wait, day, go, what was I going to talk about? Oh, before this. So we're going to talk about how the fitness industry fails women on a very large scale for many different reasons. We have no show notes. So I have no idea what we're going to talk about, but I wanted to open this by 
telling you a story that happened to me recently and it is related to one of my recent Instagram posts where I, I started to tell people about how I really suffered, you know, coming off of birth control and coming off of like of the under eating and how sick I was and how awful I felt and how my body responded. Um, and so I showed them that series of pictures that I had posted on Instagram a little while back of one of them was me at four, four, six, when I was like in the throes of a lot of fuckery. And then when I stopped eating like an idiot or not eating like an idiot and also came off of birth control and just how inflamed and bloated and like my body composition had to <laughs> excuse me totally changed and then just uh, what a month and a half now ago at your guys's wedding and just really showing the balance these people could not stop fixating on how good I looked when I was so unhealthy and I was like you're missing the point like I'm sitting here telling you that all of these things were going on with me but yet you're still to my face telling me how good I looked back in 2018 yeah. and I was like Yeah, but that's that's exactly what we're talking about, right? Is there's and it's been this way since I don't know, probably the sixties or the seventies. But that's the perception that's out there is that women should be smaller, leaner, more petite, you know, like because truly outside of the CrossFit world of or functional fitness realm, women don't want to look like that specific way. They don't want to look like the CrossFit Games athlete and not even the Games athlete, but like a higher level CrossFit athlete because they think it looks masculine or or too muscular or you know just unattractive. But that's all that all stems from like all of the things that have compounded since the 70s around fitness specifically as it relates to women, right? So they have just had this perception for literally decades of I'm supposed to be smaller leaner quote-unquote toned like that's just the the physique I'm supposed to have so when they see someone like you or any woman that does look super lean and I mean you were legitimately like tiny then like you were a small human I was a very tiny human and so when they see that, they're like, oh, yeah, that's how I want to look. Like, look how good she looks. Because they don't know any better. Because that's what they've been, like, conditioned to see as the ideal, like, physique. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, for reference, for people who haven't listened to prior episodes, I'm not going to go through the whole shit and shebang because it's a really long story. But I was about 120 pounds. And I would say I was, I mean, when I started to come out of that, I was still 9% body fat. Like, I had analysis done um so i would say when i was really in the throes of thing i was i was really riding between seven and nine percent body fat what like was there the analysis was, did you do a dexa um i didn't do, it wasn't as good as a dexa it was um it was an in-body scan it's still not bad so not great but mm -hmm. i mean still still a decent analysis it's not like i was doing like fat pinchers at la fitness or yeah. like something that like that's a whole other rabbit hole. <laughs> I'm not even gonna give give more we, examples. We actually, I don't, I don't think I'll get in trouble for saying this, but we actually have a pair of Lang skinfold calipers that we borrowed from a university and just <laughs> forgot to give them back. Whoops. <laughs> so, yeah, and we're like, hey, we'll hold on to these because these are like six hundred dollars. Like, we'll keep those. If you get in trouble one day, just sell them on eBay, make a profit. It's fine. Yeah, just get um, rid of them. It's 
fine. Um, but yeah, so I was super tiny and for reference, I'm like a hundred and somewhere between 131 and 135 pounds now, depending on the day. So like, I'm still not a large human at all. I just, how tall are you? Oh, I'm like almost five foot five on a good day. Mm-hmm. Five, four and a half. Um, <laughs> why do women do that? Why do we, why do we, I don't know. Guys do that too. Do they? Yeah. I always use the same five, 11 and a half. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I was never, I was, you know, I'm still not a big human, but in society's eyes, I'm not that like completely lean. I don't have that toned look I mean I still do I'm still athletic looking but I don't have that like super lean look anymore which people want but what people don't understand is how unhealthy it is yeah I mean they and they they really shouldn't right like they they don't need to understand all the physiology that's underneath that because that's our job is to relay the information to them and make them realize that's that might be what they're aspiring to now but it's not what that it's not what they should be aspiring to because of X, Y, and Z and, and presenting that in a way that is easy to understand. It's easily digestible, so to speak, and a way that they can connect with and relate to because yeah, what go ahead. I was just going to ask you if you could give some of the top examples of physiologically, why it is not beneficial for, men or women, but specifically we're talking to women, you can throw on some facts about men too, but you know, why for women, it's really not healthy for them to ride at that type of leanness for a lengthy amount of time. Yeah, sure. Well, I mean, for women, the, the main thing is right. Is like your cycle. Like it's going to fuck with all of the hormones. Like your entire endocrine system is going to be jacked up from trying to stay at a body composition that you're not intended to be at because of your biological predisposition to like bear children. Like you are not meant to be that lean because you need that adiposity in those specific areas to promote like a healthy menstrual cycle, to promote uh, like having, being like fertile, to having a healthy pregnancy, to all these things. And even if you don't want kids, it doesn't matter. It's still... Like your menstrual cycle as a woman is incredibly important to your health. And so if that's all so fucked up. So proud of you up, right now. <laughs> if that's fucked up, you're not healthy. Like there is something wrong with your body that you're just putting aside because you've been on birth control for 20 plus years or you just don't really understand everything that's involved with your cycle. And so, I mean, that's for me, that's the biggest one. Like if I'm working with a female client and they want to talk to me about being at a specific body composition and they're striving to be as lean as you were or leaner and even over what you were. Cause really if you start dropping down below like 15% as a woman, you're that's where things are going to start to happen. Maybe 12%. I don't know the exact number, but somewhere in that, that I think it's probably variable based on person too. Yeah. It's somewhere somewhere in there. 12 to 15. That's usually what I say too. Yeah. So that's where you're going to start seeing those issues. And that's what I, present like to those individuals now like for the but for both sides for men and women the bigger thing at least from my perspective is you don't understand what it takes to get to that point and then maintain that aesthetic or that physique because that takes away from like quality of life so like yeah health is really important but you don't understand the impacts that will have on your quality of life either so i like Mm -hmm. to cover both sides of the equation when it comes to that 
Yeah, I know. I, I, I think that's really important. Yeah, it does one affect your entire endocrine system. So for people out there who are wondering what else that is, think like your ability to sleep, producing your sleep hormone of melatonin, um, where your stress, how your stress hormones are regulated. So cortisol, epinephrine, norepinephrine, all of those things, your thyroid, your glucose control, um, any of those hormones, it is completely going to affect all of that. And I can tell you, I definitely, like my thyroid was in the tanker. I wasn't, I didn't pay any attention to my glucose at the time, but, um, and then when I came off birth control, my hormones were like in the postmenopausal range. I was like, this is fun. Um, <laughs> this is super fun. Um, I'm not that old, Derek. <laughs> I didn't say, I didn't even make a face. You're just calling me out for no reason. <laughs> um, but the effect that it takes on your mental health too. I mean, I was, I would, was more sick mentally than I was physically. I think, um, but I mean, I, I can confirm. Yeah. I, he's not wrong. He's, he's not wrong. He's joking, but he's not wrong at all. I was fucking batshit crazy. Um, <laughs> he's nodding. Um, but you know what women don't understand is like, why, what is the physiological advantage to building muscle, to being in a surplus, um, you know, at least one time a year, um, you know, what are the benefits of that? Cause I know like some things that I can think of, but I want to see what you come up with first. Cause this is really like your, your niche. Yeah, for sure. So that's a good question. And the, again, I kind of have like some go-to points that I discuss with our clients and number one. And I think, I think a lot of people preach this message or at least a lot of the good trainers out there, but like muscle is the more expensive tissue, right? If I can build more muscle, and have more lean mass on my body, it takes more energy expenditure to function every day, right? To survive. So if I can have, if I can build more muscle, I'm going to quote unquote burn more calories throughout the day. That's essentially what it boils down to. So that's number one is if you have more musculature, you're going to be better off for it because you're going to expend more energy throughout the day, just in your daily like functions to survive. And then number two is functionality, just in terms of being independent, being capable. Like as a woman, you don't have to want to be the strongest individual of all time. You don't want to have to be able to deadlift X amount of weight or squat or, or any of those things, but you probably want to be able to pick up your kids easily, hold them for extended periods of time. You probably want to be able to go like, cut your own fucking grass without having to ask your husband to do it or like to move shit around in the garage. Like all of these things that are just basic like habits of daily living. Those are things that you have to be capable of doing. I mean, I know women who could not do some of those things like that. There's a 50 pound box and they can't move it. No, nope. like you should I, be yep. able to move a 50 pound box. Mm -hmm. So that's the second big one that I always touch on is that's going to benefit your life tremendously you don't have to give a shit about fitness, but you should care about how you're able to function like out in your life. Yeah. I love that. Um, and you, I, I think one point also that I want to hit on is you cannot build muscle really, unless you're in a bulk and maybe in maintenance, depending on where you are with your fitness. Um, it, and that is really and from my understanding, and I don't know a ton about this, but being able to build muscle and main in a maintenance phase of calories. So when I say maintenance, I mean, eating to maintain your, your current weight. Um, 
are those just like random independent factors that what kind of do you know what determines that does anybody know what determines yeah, who can build I, muscle and if ants? i had to guess i would guess the research still says like additional research needs to be done <laughs> but i mean because they still don't truly even know what causes hypertrophy believe it or not uh there's like what you know, yeah the even current research like released in 2019 2020 and like legitimate studies uh like double blind studies meta-analyses like even these studies are saying that it's still not a hundred percent concluded that mechanical stress and like metabolic stress from training under load is like exactly what generates hypertrophy like they know it contributes but they don't know what they don't truly know what all is involved in that process so they have an idea but it's not concrete um and what were we talking about? I lost my train of thought. Oh, just that, <laughs> that you can't that you can't build muscle really without being in a bulk phase. Oh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Being in a caloric surplus, and and I would I would think you would probably agree with this. Um, being in a progressive overload state with the with the weightlifting programming you're doing. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and it is one of those things where can it be done? Absolutely. There are always outliers, like on and on any aspect of fitness that you're talking about. But mm -hmm. in general, what we tell folks is you're not going to be able to build muscle and lose fat at the same time. Now, yes, it can be done, but it, it can only be done with being so dialed in that for the general population, if anyone listening, you're just like the go-to work nine to five, like I train just to stay healthy and that's all I need. I just need it to be part of my life. Like you're not going to be able to burn muscle and lose fat at the same time because you don't have your shit dialed out enough and that's okay. So yeah. when you come to someone, to a coach asking like, hey, I want to work with you. These are my goals. If you come to us and say that, if your goal is conflicting in that way, we are just up front with you in the beginning and I tell you that you're not going to do both of those things. You need to pick which one you value more. And sometimes I'll help influence that decision if it's someone that truly does need to like build muscular strength and start generating some hypertrophy and just get some basic like muscular adaptations. I'll try to push them that way. Mm -hmm. But in general, we'll make you pick one or the other because then we can start there and then we can progress you through and start creating different, you know, mesocycles and, and even macro cycles to address those specific things but you got to pick one to start and like to your point if it is building muscle or even building strength you're gonna have to be in some kind of caloric surplus right you have to have additional energy to to initiate that process of rebuilding and repairing muscle tissue like mm -hmm. when you eat protein there are these things called amino acids that are the foundations block they're the foundation of protein you need those to repair muscle so if you're not eating or if you're not eating enough, then all you're doing is causing like mechanical damage or like damage to your muscle tissue. And then you don't have enough to like refill the tank, so to speak, or to repair the damage that you're causing. Damage being a good thing because that's what you need for it yeah. to happen. But yeah, I mean, you have to have those things. Yeah. And you guys did a really great episode. I can't remember what number it was, but it was probably in the past couple of months about how much muscle or weight you can expect to put on in a bulk. Like if you're a male, a female, if you're a newbie, if you're a veteran, um, like weightlifter, that type of thing. Um, so I highly suggest people go and check that episode out. Cause I was like, this is really good. And I've been around in the, in this 
space for a really long time. And I was like, I kind of knew this stuff, but it was really good to hear it nailed down. Um, but because I hear people say like, oh, or like Marcus, even with his business has people coming to his martial arts school now who want to fight. And they're like, oh, they told me I need to drop like 45 pounds to fight like for a weight class. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, that's, a, that's crazy in like a really short amount of time. And I'm just like, no, no, no. Like that's not healthily possible. Um, yeah. but also the amount of time it takes to build healthy muscle, like for someone like me, I can probably expect what, like, if I'm doing everything exactly right, like one to one and a half pounds a month. Yeah. And I think that would even be yeah. like a, a pound and a half would be on the aggressive end. Yes. Right? That would yeah. be if I'm eating like in a pretty, pretty significant surplus. Yeah, absolutely. And it's also one of those things where the majority of people aren't willing and shouldn't be willing to put on substantial amounts of body fat for the mm -hmm. sake of gaining, like, I don't want to say negligible, but a very small amount of muscle tissue. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you're a hundred percent right. And I think that was episode, I think that was episode 85 is what you're talking about. Yeah, if anybody go, wants to it, check it out. That episode was super informative. So I, I highly, highly recommend it. I shared it when you guys did it. Cause I was like, this is really helpful for people to kind of get a realistic understanding of like what rate is safe and healthy for me to lose weight as well as gain weight based on where I am in my fitness journey, because what's going to happen for me, who's been lifting weights since I've literally been 12 years old <laughs> is going to be so different from someone who's coming off the couch now and is 25 years old. Like they're going to have a completely different experience than me. Um, but I think it, it takes, it takes a lot of patience too to be in a, in a, in to really just even cycle through phases of nutrition, which I think are really important. Um, which is kind of why we're talking about all of this, but the person who wants to improve their aesthetics and maybe doesn't have the muscle to even get that look, even if they did go into a deficit, if they were safe to, they need to spend three, six, nine months in maintenance or bulk, and then go into a, a slight deficit at that point. Um, so I think that that's a huge misunderstanding too, as to, as to what those bulk phases do for even aesthetics, like health aside. Yeah. And I think, I honestly think part of the problem is the way that we frame it like across the industry, right? Especially in the bodybuilding world of what you were just saying, like a bulk, right? And then a deficit or like in bodybuilding be like bulking and cutting. Mm -hmm. Like you, when you hear the word bulk, there's a negative connotation to it, right? Especially if you're a woman, you're going to think, okay, well that bulk, that's bad, right? That sounds like additional fluff on my body, which I absolutely don't want. Whereas it's really like, that's why we always use the word surplus, right? And I'm sure you do most of the time as well is you just need additional calories to promote the adaptations that you're looking for. And if you do it smart and you do it appropriately, then yeah, you're not going to gain a ton of body fat on top of what you're doing, but it's going to be much slower, right? Like there was a, back when I was bodybuilding competitively, we quote unquote bulked hard as hell. I mean, I was consuming a ridiculous amount of calories every day, and that does cause you obviously to gain a lot of body fat in the process, but we didn't care because we were doing it for quote unquote like performance, right? We were doing it for aesthetics, and then we were willing to go through the process of 
cutting and being in a severe deficit and shedding, so to speak, all of that off. But like that process is just not, it's not healthy for a competitor, let alone like a normal average human being who's just trying to improve their health. Yeah. And I think, you know, I I'm going back to kind of like notes that I wrote down about how you said this started in the seventies. And I think so, I don't know if this is how I'm connecting my thoughts is going to make sense to anybody, but I'm thinking about how the fitness industry is just marketed towards majority of women, but it's really quite honestly failing women telling them, you know, do more cardio, lift light weights for more reps to get that toned look, which I swear to fucking God, if I could eliminate one phrase from the nutrition industry or the fitness industry, it would be toned. That's called building muscle people. That's all that is. Sorry, I hate to be like the bearer of bad news, but I just can't with that phrase. <laughs> but all of these different types of exercise, I see these women at the gym like sides like shuffling side steps on the on the treadmill and like doing kickbacks on the fucking stairmaster and I'm like that's literally doing nothing to you, but it's it's not their fault. Like I don't Yes, there's a there's information available everywhere, but the amount of misinformation and the messages being strongly signaled to women are do kickbacks on the stairmaster, not go pick up that barbell and do some deadlifts and squats. Mm-hmm. And I think we're I personally think there's a slight shift happening with that, but it is so slow moving. Yeah, but I mean it's a big shift to turn, right? You think you think of the fitness industry, it is the biggest cruise ship of all time. <laughs> It is going to take it's a fucking long... Titanic. Yeah. I mean, it's, I don't even know what the largest ship is nowadays out there, but it is that times a thousand. It is going to take a lot of work to just turn that boat 15 degrees, let alone like do a full 180 when we're talking about the way women, uh, like relate and resonate with fitness. So it's going to take a really long time of consistent messaging, like, just shoving it down your throat more or less Mm -hmm. to make you realize, Oh, okay. That stigma, like that's not how I get to look the way that I want to look. I mean, a a good example of this to kind of go back to what you were talking to is you're saying women are under the belief that like, Hey, I just need to do more cardio. I need to do more cardio. I need to do more cardio. I need to do more body weight stuff. That what that actually does is it just makes you a smaller version of yourself. It makes you a smaller human being because Mm -hmm. you're not actually decreasing just body fat if all you're doing is cardiovascular exercise and body weight exercise you're not providing your your body or your muscles with a stimulus to promote not even muscle growth but to prevent atrophy Mm -hmm. so let's say over the course of a six-month period you lose let's just say 30 pounds and you're fucking stoked you're like dude, Derek, I lost 30 pounds. How amazing is that? And then we do a DEXA on you and you've actually lost 30 pounds, but half of it was muscle and half of it was fat. So now that ratio, all you did was become a smaller version of Danielle or, you know, whoever, whoever the person is, you actually lost just as much muscle as you did fat. So your body composition didn't actually change. You probably look really similar when you look in the mirror in terms of at least like your actual physique like you may be a smaller version but you might not be leaner so that's one thing that i think a lot of women and like you said it's starting to get better but all cardio and all body weight or even all lightweight is not the solution to what you're trying to achieve 
so I heard them say on Mind Pump that actually in the 1930s, it was marketed to women that they should get bigger. And like, I, I don't know, I didn't look up these ads, but um, they were talking about it. Do you ever think we'll get to a point that we're telling women to build more muscle? Like where building more muscle is like the mass message. Uh, I, I think it's possible. I don't know how, like we might be dead <laughs> by the time it happens, <laughs> but I think it's possible. It's one of those things where you have to get more people preaching the same message right now. Yeah. You really only have maybe a couple different institutions, like a couple different companies preaching that message, like CrossFit being a big one, like that it's okay to be like a strong fit woman. And yeah, there are other like independent brands, but you know, like even the biggest social media, uh, like online training platforms and individuals, they're, yeah. they're fucking ants. They're so little. Like, I don't I even know. care if you have a hundred thousand followers, you're an yeah. ant compared to Kellogg's, Pepsi, you know, like Gatorade, Coca-Cola. Those are Goliaths. So all of us preaching the same message is a start, but our voice is not loud enough. So it has to, you have to really start breaking into those bigger organizations or you have to create an organization over time that's bigger and more powerful, which is really hard to do because those companies are worth hundreds of billions of dollars. And so they can just continue to funnel the message they want into the system. So yeah, I think it's possible, but I don't know if it'll happen slash when it'll happen. Yeah. It's so sad. I like literally stuff like that, like almost breaks my heart. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I honestly do think CrossFit specifically is doing a really good job of it compared to yeah. every other organization right now. Uh, and I think they've done a good job of bringing, bringing it to light that, Hey, this is what like a strong independent woman looks like. Like you should yeah. be able to, pick up a barbell you should be able to do all these different things in your life and like be confident and capable in them and it's okay to like have muscle on your body because that's that's normal that's like that should be the standard so it's slowly the message is slowly trickling in yeah and just with like kind of bringing it back to like, why is it important to spend time in a caloric surplus? Like, I think, honestly think I will take time probably every year to every year and a half to make sure that I'm intentionally in a surplus because when I was in my clusterfuck stage of eating at a significant deficit for almost two years, um, I actually, I could tell I lost muscle. Like if, when I first cut down, like I was really, really muscular, but then I lost that because my body just like, when I continued to lose weight, like my body continued to lose weight, like in the way that you described, but it also started just atrophying because I wasn't giving it the energy that it needed to recover, to rebuild all of those things. Like if you look at week six, when I was on WAG and you look at week fifth, like a hundred week 100, it's two completely different bodies mm -hmm. because I had spent 30 plus years in probably a surplus because I was that person who just literally ate everything. Like I'd go out with friends and just have burgers and fries and I was lifting and I was crossfitting and I was, you know, I was building fucking like lots of muscle. So 
after two years of being in that deficit and then having, you know, orange palms and soles, waking up with a heart rate of 28, all this fucked up crap, like my body looked completely different. So when you were talking about that, my mind was spinning about the differences in those two bodies and what that really realistically after like six weeks of that cut, I should have been reversed, but that word wasn't used. Yeah. Well, I can, I mean, I can literally remember when that first started getting introduced, right? Like reverse dieting wasn't a thing. Well, like I shouldn't say it wasn't a thing, but it wasn't talked about until literally like three to five years ago. And even at that point, it was so, the message was so small that you really didn't hear it. Go ahead. Tell people what reverse dieting is. So they, so they know. So it's just progressively increasing the amount of calories that you're consuming in a very strategic way to get you back up to like your maintenance calories. So think of it just like a stepwise progression uh, when done correctly doesn't lead to like additional body. F- well, now let, let me pull, let me pull the pump the brakes there. When done correctly, the amount of adipose like fat tissue that you develop over that time will be minimal. You're still likely going to increase your body weight just because you're consuming more calories but if you do it correctly it's very small and you're going to get your body to a point where now you're processing energy the adequate amount of energy without putting yourself in like a surplus so to speak yep perfect that i don't usually describe that so hopefully i did a good job no that was good i put you on the spot (laughs) i'm like wait describe that yeah that's (laughs) usually ashley usually has that conversation but i listen so I think I got it. Good. I know. And I'm so proud of you for talking about the importance of menstrual cycles. Well, I've worn off on everybody. That, she's reading that fucking book. I, I just, I hear way too much. I don't, I don't even want to hear everything that I hear. You need to read that fucking book. I'm not reading that book. You need to read that book to help your female clients. That's why I got Ash. That's why we're a partnership. We got this covered. This is some bullshit. We got. We this will covered. negotiate about this. I'm gonna find a book that's all about dicks, and I'm gonna make you read it. I will read the book about dicks <laughs> and testosterone and everything else <laughs> and testicles and how do you? What do you think I had to do when I went through PA school? You think well, they just yeah, said, "Oh, but you that's PA school. Testicles? Like you have to do it." I I went through all that shit too when I was in undergrad, my <laughs> masters. Like I I've read about it. I have a little bit of knowledge. I don't want to spend my mornings reading the fifth vital sign. But I've got some knowledge. Listen, I will wait for your recommendation about a book about a bag of dicks or whatever it's going to be. And I will read it when you have that recommendation. Yeah, I don't think I'll ever have that recommendation. I think if I Google that, bad things will come up. <laughs> this just became like an R-rated or an, yeah. no, what's the what's the rating X, above an M? Uh, oh, mature. I was going to say mature rated. No, no. X rated. X rated. <laughs> Is that what this this podcast just became, became X rated with the bag of dicks comment? That's okay. There you go. You have to <laughs> bleep that out or something. Somewhere you, Ashley's like speaking cringing. Of, did you know that on Instagram, you have to turn that shit off in your settings to yes. be able to see everyone's content? Yeah. You don't think my man alerted me to that? He was like right on that. Yeah. I didn't know that until like two days ago. That's fucking bullshit. The censorship thing is real. Yeah. I mean, we don't put a lot of like aggressive stuff. I don't want to call it aggressive. We don't put it. We don't curse a lot on Instagram, but like our podcast, if we ever put previews up, there's cursing in that sometimes. And I didn't even know that that was a setting. I thought it was just like, yeah, it's out there. Fucking Zuckerberg. (laughs) Some bullshit. Like, don't don't silence my F-bombs, man. That makes sense now thinking back because I remember it was it was like when Castro put out that post 
about the uh, an open event. It was like a dead animal. It was like a carcass that he posted a picture of. <laughs> and it wouldn't come up on any of my feeds. And I was like, where the fuck is this picture at? And I'm looking, I'm looking. And I finally, I found one. It was like all blurred out. That makes sense. <laughs> I don't know if that was a new setting or if that's always been there. And well, I just saw just... Stu Brower post about it. So I'm thinking if he just posted about it, it can't be that old. Yeah. I was like, I let me decide what I think is too violent or offensive, which is going to be like next to nothing. Yeah. Um, as opposed to, I mean, they have those like where they blur it out. If it's like a bloody violent mm-hmm. picture or something, which I think is fine. Cause that makes, you know, that makes some people yeah. squeamish, but I guess don't follow those accounts too. Like don't follow the exactly. hunting accounts. If you, you don't want to see the dead, you animals, choose who you follow and what you see. So just yeah. fix it. I know. I agree. Um, back on track yeah I, how did we get to how did we get to dead animals oh, we were talking to, you were, You said you were proud of me for for mentioning like menstrual cycle that's what it <laughs> that's was that's right that's right <laughs> yeah um the other thing that i think is really really important is you've kind of touched on this with the atrophy but really talking about like sarcopenia in older age so like as we get older um we naturally lose more muscle so I think that spending time building muscle and being in caloric surpluses in your 20s, 30s, 40s is going to pay so much dividends when you get to your like 60s, 70s, 80s and how you're able to independently function. Yeah, I mean, you're putting, you're putting extra money in the bank, right? Like the more lean tissue you can build now, it's a hedge against all of the negatives that come with aging, right? Yeah. Like, like you had just said, like sarcopenia, and everything else that's associated with that. And if you are doing the right things now, you're going to build such a hedge that when your body does start to naturally, I don't want to say deteriorate, but that's basically what happens. You're protected. Instead of going from being barely healthy to fucking sick because you never took care of yourself, you're going to go from really fit to healthy. And then by I don't the time see you're any of those really sick people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like if you th- truly think about it, the people who are all 70 years and older right now, they didn't really take care of themselves because fitness wasn't like as mainstream as it was now. So they're all fucking broken and beat up and look like shit. But like, we don't have to be like that. Our generation no. doesn't have to be like that. So, uh, yeah. Put, I mean, put money in the bank now, start building that hedge. I see so many people though, Derek, like our age that I'm like, you're how old? Well, like you're, are you talking your age or my age? They're two very different things. I hate you for <laughs> reference. He's, he's 30 and I'm 37. Um, I thought you were 40. Fu- fuck off. I'm Did serious. Mark- I, I thought you were, I thought you were 39. No! I just, that's what I thought. I didn't know. Oh my God. Did Marcus pay you to say that to me? No, I truly thought you were 39. I just, I, for some reason I thought that that was, maybe I'm getting you and uh, my, my friend John mixed up. Cause I always give him a hard time. Cause he's 40. <laughs> no, I'm not 40 yet. I'm 37. Close enough. I'm like 37 and one third. There you 37. go. 37. Did I just say 47? I don't even know what I just said. No, you said 37. So look at what you're doing. Look at what you're doing to me. I got you all worked up now. You're you not did. as old as I thought you are. 
No, but my point is I see a lot of people in their 30s and 40s that are also like pretty sick um, individuals. But also there, the other point I wanted to make is that there are a lot of studies that show um, that sarcopenia is really the number one risk factor to having health problems in older age, like individuals with a BMI under, I want to say it's under 25. I can't remember if it's 25 or 30 have worse adverse health outcomes than those with a BMI between like 30, 30 and 35 or something like that. Mm. Um, That's interesting because BMI is such a poor indicator of health. I'm surprised they did that study on BMI. Like, why didn't they pick another factor? Like, why didn't they just do bone mineral density? Why would you pick BMI? Because the other takes effort or something. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think that the BMI, I don't think the BMI is a great measure of health either. I think it needs to just, well, I don't know. They I don't just know need what to come up with a new is. metric, right? Like still use height, height, weight, and age, but just then figure out a way to incorporate another body measure comp. of health. Yeah. Like some measure of body composition in there with it. Like, yeah, you can't yeah. do it on the fly then, like just from seeing someone one time, but maybe you have to fucking like put them in a, in body scan or in a DEXA and start doing it that way. So people have a more realistic idea of like, where do I fall on the spectrum? Like, am I actually at increased risk for like cardiovascular disease or any kind of metabolic disease? Yeah. And we have the capacity to do those things, but insurance companies don't want to pay for anything they don't want to pay for anything meaningful. I'm just going to go out and say it like mm-hmm. they, the shit they want to pay for, like at my age, the only blood testing that they'll pay for preventatively is an A1C and a lipid panel. Mm. That's it. Yeah. That is it. I think honestly, everyone should be required to get like a full blood panel, like Dude. every decade, every year. Like, I mean, vitamins, nutrients, like well, I'm trying I think to be realistic. I- Insurance isn't going to pay for one every year. But if you could get them to do every decade, like I had my first one ever when I turned 30. Like, luckily, I take care of myself. And so everything was okay. But a lot of people don't take care of themselves. And then they don't know anything until they're 50 because then they're fucked. And they go into the doctor and they're like, oh, yeah, you have a partial block in your like aortic valve. You're going to die. I don't even know what disease that you just tried to describe, but we'll go with it. I don't either. I was combining like our, I was combining coronary artery disease and like valvular. I was disease just gonna say like, like I was combining CAD and like some kind of valvular malfunction. <laughs> <laughs> that was fantastic. Um, but you get my point, right? Like yeah. you don't know that you're fucked up until you're that until age. Until you know you're fucked up. Until yeah, yeah well, and then it's too late. There's so many people who come into my office. One of the most frustrating statements that I hear from patients is I'm 50. It's time to start caring about my health. And I'm like, well, honestly, you're too late. Not you're not too late, but you're in a bad spot. You're you didn't you didn't put the money in the bank, right? Like these women who are now they have yeah, osteoporosis. You, re- you literally retired. Sorry, I didn't interrupt. You literally no, retired ahead. and you didn't save enough. You're fucked. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Like Your you 401k depended on social is depleted security. already. Yeah. Yeah. That's a whole other conversation. Don't depend on your social security people. It's probably going to be jack shit by the time we're, we're retired, or at least by the time I'm retired. <laughs> yeah. I still got it. Seven <laughs> extra so years old. to work. Um, but these women who come to me and they, they're osteoporotic in their fifties or sixties, they're like, Oh, I guess I should start like lifting weights or taking calcium. And I'm like, 
I hate to be that bearer of shitty news, but like you can build muscle and, and help that process. But it's so hard if you haven't done it in your twenties, thirties and forties, like, mm-hmm. don't you build the most amount of muscle by the time like you're in your mid thirties or something? I think it's phys. I think physiologically, and th- I haven't read this in a long time, so someone might call me out and be like, he didn't know what the fuck he was talking about. But I think physiologically <laughs> women peak like in their early twenties. And I think men peak in their early thirties. I think it's like 31 years of age for men and then somewhere around the early 20s for women someone can fact check me on that but that's independent fact checkers we need you yeah keyboard (laughs) warriors go for it Uh, (laughs) like but that's when i was in school that's what it was and so literally like you have until that time to put the money in the bank and then after that you can still save but it's a lot harder Mm -hmm. yeah you're one year away from being fucked buddy you better get going (laughs) No, I, I mean, I, I haven't peaked yet. Personally, I think I've got extra time. I think I've got, I think 33 is going to be the magic number. Now, I did start losing my hair, so maybe maybe that's a sign. Oh. But that's just a ball family thing. So I'm just going to let that one slide. Uh, but anyway, the what we were getting, or going back to what we were talking to, I think another problem with that, individual you were describing coming in and saying hey i'm 50 i'm broken now i think i need to start caring about my health not only is it physiologically harder to get the positive adaptations that we want from training and mentally but it's also a lot it's likely a lot more painful because these people haven't moved their joints through a full range of motion in who knows how many years it could be decades and so yeah, when you squat, your knees are going to hurt. When you press, your elbow's probably going to ache because you didn't take care of yourself and your diet's probably full of processed refined garbage. So you have all kinds of inflammation and problems within your joints themselves. And so it's going to be a lot harder to get you to buy into a training program that you're extremely uncomfortable and possibly even in pain when doing it. Oh. That sounds I'm like making you know all I mean? these faces. Yes, no, you're exactly right. I never even thought about that. I'm never going to get Sally to buy into squatting <laughs> to a box when squatting to a 24-inch box hurts her knees. Like, and that's oh. nothing. Like, she sits down and how does she even get out of a chair if she can't squat to a 24-inch box? You know what I mean? And so right. it's one of those things where it's really, really hard to get them to mentally buy into that because it's putting them in a really uncomfortable position. And as humans, we don't like to be uncomfortable. No. Speaking of uncomfortable, those front foot elevated front rack split squats can go to hell. I just started really messing with those this past year with a lot of my clients. I love them. Yeah, you can stop. It's good for you. It's. I actually did the back rack today because it feels so unstable to me that don't make that face at me leave me alone i didn't even see that in your notes you're a, you are a donkey at least <laughs> let me know if you're gonna modify movements i did fly. i just did it today i put I know, it in I the didn't notes check today i'm just giving you a hard time i always write when i modify stuff but those are so hard for me and i don't like it it's gonna it's gonna pay off on the jmt you're gonna be hiking up some summit and you're gonna be like Fuck. wow i'm glad i did 20 reps on each leg we did not know. <laughs> Do they go up? Oh, maybe. I no, don't know. What, I forget what phase we're on. We're only at 15 total oh, per yeah, leg. Oh, yeah, they'll, they'll go up. 
fuck. I'm not looking forward to that like at all. Well, no, actually, evil. you you know what? That's not true because you're on taper right now, so mm-hmm. you should be good. Victory is mine. Okay, I forgot it was so close. I know it is so close. I'm. I was most concerned about my resupplies not arriving, but I checked the tracking number and they've both arrived already. That's good. Like I like injuries, wildfires, animals. I have very little concern about that, but my resupplies and not having food, very concerned. Are you allowed to take like a weapon on the trail to protect yourself from animals? Well, it's communist California, so I can't pack heat if that's what you're asking. That's what I was asking. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So I can't carry a firearm, um, but I will. carry like a blade, like a knife? I'll have a knife on me. How big of, of, is there a limit on the blade? um, Mark, hey Marcus, what's the blade size limit in California? What's the blade length limit in California? Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. It's like two, two inches long. Two inches? You're not going to yeah. kill anything with that. Fuck no, dude. I'm, that's You're a utility dead. knife only. <laughs> You're dead. <laughs> I'm actually low key. I'm not really worried. I'm not worried about animals because I be the either. Animals, yeah, the animals don't want to fuck with you. They just want to be left alone. Um, Are you carrying bear spray? Um, no. Do you know my story about bear spray? Have you heard this? Mm-mm. We're going to go totally off topic here. Okay. I want to hear um, So we're backpacking in Yellowstone and I have bear spray like in the side pocket of my, not on me, but on my pack. Mm-hmm. And I had flown with it, and apparently they say you're not allowed to fly with it. I asked, and they, like, they just said— I was said, just going to say, you're not supposed to fly with aerosols. <laughs> I don't know. They let it fly. Where did I fly out of? I think it was Sacramento, well, and it was California. It, if you check it, they'll let I you fly it. with it. Yeah, but you're not supposed to. Yeah, no, to. no, no. Check, checked bag. So there's usually a clip on bear spray. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but that like it's like a safety— It's like a grenade. Thing. Yes. It is. Yes, you pull the I pin. Guess. Everybody so, knows you pull a pin on the grenade. Everybody knows that. So that must have come loose. And I didn't like check that whenever I was like sifting through my pack and making sure everything was organized. I didn't check that. And so we were doing a stream crossing and I set my bag down to put on um, my sandals. And when I set the bag down, bear spray got all fucking over me. Oh, like, God. and I mean, it was everywhere and it was not a good time. Like my, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. My crotch was on like fucking fire. Yeah. It was, it was not a good time. I recommend this zero out of 10 to people. And the worst part of it is the next time I set my pack down, I fucking did it again. I don't feel bad for that. That's <laughs> just, that is literally donkey at its finest. <laughs> So later that night, we're like going to sleep. Mar- Marcus was with me and I took my contacts out. I had washed my hands. I can't tell you how many times like we had soap with us. We had everything. Like, that shit just... ain't coming off. So I took my contacts out. Oh, and mistake. The... And I should have had Marcus take them out. Like I'm not even kidding. Like in retrospect, 
So we're laying down and it didn't hit me for like 30, it took 30 minutes for it to hit me that my eyes just started watering and burning. And I was like crying because I was like, what if I go blind? Like I was totally freaked out. I mean, it's just like Um, really aggressive pepper spray. You're not going to go blind. I didn't know this. And we were in the middle of nowhere in the back country of Yellowstone. There was no help to be found. Leave me alone. So that is my bear spray story. And I think it rivals the Piper getting high story. So yeah i mean i think i would still carry it but that's fair oh so that's fair so but long the the other thing is is that you're you're not allowed to have it in most of the national parks in california i know when you're 70 or not um you're not allowed to use bear spray um on it, on the bears is that just because there's less of them there like they're not as prominent like it's not as much of an issue i don't know because i feel like um, it, you can't go anywhere in montana or wyoming without there being a sign like you should carry bear spray they have grizzlies there, correct? Right, there, yeah. correct. Um, so there's no grizzlies in the Sierras. Um, oh, I didn't know that. So black bear are kind. Of, they're. I mean, they're just like sophisticated house dogs, really. I mean, it's just. Have you ever ran into a black bear in the woods? They're a little uh, more than sophisticated house dogs. They're fucking scary. <laughs> we saw bears about 15 feet from us um, when we were in the Tetons. And it was a mama bear with her cub and they just kind of sat there eating their berries and they did not really give a fuck about anything. Yeah. But if mama thinks you're going to fuck with her kid, oh no, uh-uh. you stay away. Like I, we did not. Yeah. I don't, I don't mess with that. My bear uh. story is my buddy and I were turkey hunting. It was raining. So it was, mm-hmm. the woods were really quiet. I was the only one with a gun or no, he was the only one with a gun. Cause I was calling for him and I didn't have a license and so we're walking through the woods and we walk right up on a mom and her three cubs. Like we were 10 feet away. And these three cubs shot up the tree. Mom stood up and like took a step towards us. And we were like, oh my God, this is it. This is how it ends. <laughs> and Tyler like pulls out his phone, hits record and like sticks it in his breast pocket. And he's like, if we're dying, I want someone to see it. And cause he only had one round in his shotgun. We were like, dude, we oh, are fuck. fucked why well, we're turkey hunting like you're not gonna oh, okay you, you know we didn't expect to run into a bear but yeah it was it was terrifying oh my god yeah we we stood there toe to toe with it for 15 minutes like every time we tried did you to like t- make noise like every time we tried to do? step every time we tried to step back it would take a step forward and oh. so we were like holy like how do we get out of this situation <laughs> were you in pennsylvania where were you yeah pennsylvania that bear was pissed, man. She was pissed. She definitely thought we were trying to mess with the kids. Yeah, it was bad. I'll Why ne- do you have to tell me those? Stories? I'll never forget that moment. That was the most terrifying hunting experience I've ever had. I love that this person like literally was like, "I got to get this on film." Though, was he in your wedding? So you, no. Long story. He was supposed to, but he had, didn't end up coming. We won't get into it. But no, he wasn't in my wedding. Oh, I was like, there's a person that you like need to be around for your life. It's like, let's get this death on film. Yeah, I mean that was literally the first thing he did. Well, we both like were like, holy fuck, and then literally pulled his phone out. I was like, okay. And at the time, it was so like iPhones weren't around. I think he pulled out like a like a chocolate three, right? Like the shittiest. What the hell like, is that? Like a flip phone. You never had a chocolate flip phone. It was no, made by Verizon. It was made by Verizon. It was just like a little flip phone. It had like a swirl, like a swivel disc um, on the front. And like I'm, legit, I'm you had to flip it Googling open to this. use it. I can't believe you never heard I'm of it. I'm Googling this. Like type Verizon chocolate phone. 
Oh, weird things are coming up. I don't even know. I'm going to find it for you. You got to find it and send it to me. I don't know what this is. Is it because I'm old? Is this an I'm old thing? No, you should know because you're old. Oh. There's lots of different images. I don't know which one you're going to have to help. Um, send me another, another. Send me a screen recording. I'm not sending any more screen recordings. You're an ungrateful fuck. <laughs> <laughs> for the oh God, for those of you who don't know, Ashley, his now wife, and I love voice memos. Like, send them to each other constantly throughout the day. And fucking Derek hates voice memos so much. Like he's he's roll he just rolled his eyes. I very low. He hates them. So I typically don't send him voice memos, but one day I, and he will not send them back. But one day I, I don't even remember what it was, but I requested a voice memo and returned. It took like three days. And then he sent me like a voice memo and a screen recording on his phone. And I just blasted him all over social media. Well, first so- of all, so everyone knows <laughs> I send her, it's about how to like do this shit on reels. So I send her this voice, rec- this voiceover and it's me like on my phone doing a screen recording, <laughs> speaking to how you access these features. And it's answering all her questions. Instead <laughs> of a thank you, first thing I get back in response is that's not a voice recording. <laughs> that's what I get in response to this awesome video that I made for her. And the three days leading up to me sending it, <laughs> she's being just pestering me on the DMs nonstop. It was just, it was, it was a hell of a three days. None of this is fake news. None. Uh, But we're way off topic. But real quick, before we get back on topic, that's a chocolate three. Oh, I didn't have one of those. Mm, You must have been a peasant. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. But that was like the phone everybody had where I was from. What year was this? Uh, I mean, it was that it was like during the time where you went to the kiosk in the mall to like get a new phone, and they had to like plug the shit in and transfer it over. Like a long time ago, probably the I'm trying to think when I was in. It was probably like either eighth or ninth grade, so probably 2000 and. You're out shooting turkeys in ninth grade. Yeah, you can start hunting when you're 12. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I did not know that. Does that vary by state? Very well could. I don't know. I In Pennsylvania, might. you can get your hunter safety course when you're 11 and a half. And then you can start <laughs> yeah. hunting by yourself, which, I mean, you're not hunting by yourself at 12, but you can be in the woods with your own weapon at oh. 12. Hot dog. I did not. Know. I bet Marcus knows that because he's hunted. But um, getting getting a tag to hunt anything in Utah is like it's like getting you to send a voice memo. Yeah, well, that's like getting a concealed weapons permit anywhere except Pennsylvania. <laughs> it's pretty easy here in Utah. Is it? I Pens- mean, Marcus teaches the course. Pennsylvania, it is this simple. I literally went to the local courthouse, gave them my license, and said I'd like a concealed weapons permit. They ran a background check like instantaneously, and I had one in five minutes. Oh, that, really? That was it. Oh, you have to. T- you do have to take a course in Utah. Yeah, no course in Pennsylvania. And you there, just get so you, because I just did it, and you have to, you have to take the course, you have to pay the fee, you mail it in, and I think it was like two weeks later I had it. Yeah, no, I had mine in ten minutes. There was no, co- no course. You had to pay a fee. I think it was like twenty bucks, but yeah, it was pretty. 
insane how easy it was. Hmm. California, you've got to like do the hokey pokey, turn yourself around and like pray to the gods and everything else to like. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's, it's, a, absurd. it's a hot, hot mess. Hot, hot mess. I love California for its mountains, but everything else. I'm like, you're mm. whole Anyways. other topic. Anyway, let's yes. get back on track. I don't. What else? What else do you want to say? <laughs> oh, I was hoping you you knew that. Uh, um, you go. How? Yeah. I mean, so I'm thinking about you know, just how often would you recommend anyone and specifically women go through a caloric surplus? If there's some, if it, and I know it's dependent on goals and this and that, but let's just say for general health and like decent body composition sake, like what should go through what a nutrition cycle should look like? Because I think even a lot of people who hire a nutrition coach don't understand that like you can't stay in a calorie deficit forever. So what does that look like for most people? Yeah, so my answer may differ a little bit from Ashley's. So if you really want to know, you should ask her. But the way I look at it is you definitely can't be in a caloric deficit for a prolonged period of time. Prolonged being like, let's just say this is an arbitrary number, like somewhat. But let's just say that it's 16 to like 20 weeks. Right. Like I probably don't want you in a deficit for longer than that, which I mean, if we equate that to months, that's like four ish months. That's a lot to me. That's a long cut. Yeah, that's long. But I'm meaning like you're not going to get fucked up from it. Like if you're in a deficit for four months, you're not going to like nothing's going to go wrong. Right. Um, Like mentally, it might be a little bit tougher because you're eating less calories for a longer period of time. But let's just say we'll say that four months. And then from there, you're likely reversing back to maintenance, right? Because if you just go from the deficit, you hit the four, the 16 week mark and then jump right back to your maintenance, that's where you're going to see like excessive weight gain, uh, changes, severe changes in body composition because you're just going from zero to 100. Yep, so reversing progressively, <laughs> yeah, back up. And then from there, sitting at maintenance for a while. And maintenance can be a range. Maintenance isn't just one number. It can fluctuate, and you might have to work with your coach to adjust that as you go. But you're going to find that range, and you're going to hang out there for a while. And if you're working with us, you might only go into a deficit like one more time like in that year. It, it really depends. Like you said, it's, it's dependent on your goals. And it also depends on like your training age, your background with nutrition, like for someone like me, for example, I'm at the point where I don't need to track everything I eat because I've done it for long enough that I know the portions and the size and the estimates. And I pretty much just sit at maintenance year round. And like, if you're a female, you can do the same thing. Like your goal might not be. I can sit at maintenance without tracking. Exactly. And you might not want to lose weight or gain weight. But if you're someone who is trying to go (laughs) on a weight loss journey, so to speak, you can't just, as to your point, you can't just hop into a deficit and sit there for the entire year and mm-hmm. think that everything is going to be like hunky-dory at the end of that time. That's way too long, right? Like That's they, dumpster fire. It's periodized, right? Like to make things simple, like let's just say you're in a deficit for, and again, this is just the number I'm pulling, like 16 weeks. Then you go on your reverse diet for, I don't know, let's say like another making up numbers again, eight weeks, and then you're at maintenance for a prolonged period of time. And then you hit another deficit for maybe it's only 10 weeks this time. And, and it should be like this, this undulating fluctuation throughout the year and across however many years it's going to take you to reach your goal. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I would have a similar answer to that. It's really hard without like having a specific, specific person in mind. Like when we, we had talked about before we started recording just about me kind of doing a, a bulk phase from December, January, February, and hitting the weightlifting a little harder because I'll be coming off of like more of like goals that are cardio related for me with the JMT and um, God willing, being able to complete an ultra marathon. <laughs> um, you know, we'll see how that goes. Um, but, and then really kind of building back into like trying to build some more muscle and just let my body kind of recover. Cause I'm going to pound on it pretty hard mm-hmm. here in the next in the next three to four months. So I'm going to be like, give me all of the food. And to be clear, I will not be in a deficit. Well, I will on the JMT because I'm not carrying 6,000 calories a day. There's no way on God's green earth that I will be able to eat enough calories to sustain what I'm burning. How heavy is your pack? Oh, so good question. Um, so for those of you who don't know, I'm hiking the John Muir trail, um, starting around the first week of August. And, um, my plan is to do it in, I'm going to do it in 15 days. Um, my pack with food and water will be about 35, 36 pounds. Boom. Ashley and I were having this discussion the other day and that is exactly where I said you were going to be. I was like, I bet her pack is no more than 32 pounds. Yeah. So, um, the thing that sucks is not sucks, but that made it really difficult is, is, is the food storage. Um, so you have to carry a a bear canister. So I have a barricade and it's this, it's the second largest container that I ended up getting, but I they have don't to just carry... let you do like the bear bag at night and just put no. shit up. No, you have like, you have to have this. Hmm. Um, so I have to carry eight days worth of food with me when I start out, which is so with the barricade and my food, it's like 15 or 16 pounds, which is, it, that's that's a lot. So my pack may be heavier um, than that those first two days. I have to still kind of add up the weight, but um, I'm very thankful that I have, I'll have a bear box the first two nights. And that's the only way that I would have made it with this bear canister because I'll be able to take advantage of that because mm-hmm. my first, I'm, I'm only able to fit six days worth of food in it. <laughs> gotcha. And like everywhere's out of everything because of COVID, everything's been fucking shut down. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm going to, thank God this company that I rented it from, cause you can rent them. I was going to return it and then, um, rent it again. Cause I was, um, trying it out. And the guy was like, listen, we're short on everything. Like just send me a payment for the days that you're going to use it and just keep it until then. Like, and just pay me for the days that you're going to use it on the trail. And I'm like, you are such a nice human. Yeah. That's nice. Bless your soul. Um, but yeah. And so I'm, I'm also going to check closer to the time, but at every probably four or five miles now, there's there's very easily accessible water. So I don't really have to carry any more than two liters at a time, which is nice. Oh yeah, that's big. So yeah. Sweet. But it's gonna it's gonna be exciting. But yeah, so people who are wondering, like I there's you probably burn like anywhere between five and six thousand calories in a day doing something like that. Um and there's no way on God's green earth that I would ever be able to carry that much food even as dense like even as dense as the food is that I'm packing like I I think my average like meal or snack if you combine it all is like 150 calories per ounce so Mm -hmm. it definitely won't be vegetables yeah it's gonna be like you said calorically dense shit shit that has a lot of fat in it 
mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's how you got to do it uh anyway back to what you said though before we got into the i asked you about your pack <laughs> i think the take-home message for anyone when you're talking about like that nutrition journey is just that it needs to be periodized it can't be this okay i'm on a diet so to speak and i'm just gonna keep dieting for whatever amount of time it takes me to achieve my goal like most people anyone listening you probably don't really give a shit or you're not going to remember me saying hey you need to be in a deficit for x number of weeks and at that point you have to reverse you're not going to remember that right now what you need to remember is it can't be this infinite amount of time that you're in a deficit you need to have a plan your coach needs to map it out for you yeah i would say one of the most important things you can ask any nutrition coach or dietitian that you're working with um, for whatever reason you choose to work with them is can you talk to me a little bit about how you periodize your your clients or your patients with their nutrition and if they look at you like you have six heads when you act that que- ask that question run <laughs> very very far <laughs> yeah it's just like it's just like fitness and that's why you need to address both ends of the spectrum or both sides of the equation like fitness is periodized or at least legitimate programs are periodized to help you achieve a specific goal and they take you through various phases for a reason it's so that your body can adapt and respond as you go and the nutrition has to be the exact same way and often they they complement one another right you really can't have one without the other especially if you're talking about putting on muscle yeah you can't be lifting in a progressive overload but eating in a deficit and expect to see changes yeah you're gonna feel like shit that's why every yes. CrossFit athlete from like 2007 to 2015 thought they were going to die every time they did a Metcon because they didn't eat any carbs. Like, of oh course God. you're going to feel like shit. That's, that's a trend that I'm happy to see go. But do you sure. remember those times? Like, cause you were in that yeah. world, like from mm-hmm. 2000 and literally 2007 to 2014, it was like frowned upon if you were a CrossFitter Paleo. and you ate carbs. Yeah. It was literally yes. like, why aren't you, why aren't you doing zone and only eating paleo? <laughs> <laughs> now you got games athletes that are carrying around boxes of cereal like because they're like, oh shit, I actually need simple carbohydrates. Need yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like from what I know, Rich Froning was like the biggest proponent of like just eating anything to get the calories in. Yeah, I think he was one of the first to kind of just like make people realize it didn't like at that level, you just need calories like that level of competition. I think there's also, you know, some games athletes who never really realized that they perpetuate a lot of disordered stuff and it's out there and it's just very harmful. Yeah, I mean, that's part of the whole problem we're talking about, right? Uh. Like it still happens in the industry and like you were talking about rich froning it's funny because back when i started crossfit he was the icon that was like drinking whole milk and eating peanut butter all the time that's like all he did because he was a strength yeah. coach and had no time and then but what do you know like literally weeks later after that youtube video came out everyone was eating whole milk and and peanut butter like so the same thing happens in the industry now and it happens especially i think I think for both men and women, but I think the women can buy into it a little bit more. Like they see their favorite, like hashtag Fitzbo doing X, Y, and Z. And they're like, oh, I need to eat X, Y, and Z. Cause that's what he or she does. 
So it, it just like perpetuates the, the cycle and the problem. Yeah, I, d- I definitely think women buy into it more. I do see men do it. Oh, yeah, um, for sure. Games athletes and stuff. And I wonder how if it affects men in any sort of the same way as it can affect women on a psychological level, seeing your favorite hashtag Fitzbo male, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, I mean, it, I've been there, right? Like you see, like I saw Rich Froning eating that stuff and I didn't end up eating whole milk and peanut butter, mainly because I hate milk and I can only eat so much peanut butter. But like, it does make you think, okay, if they're if they're doing it, like I can do it. Like, you know, in recent years, a lot of those athletes have started eating a lot more like starchy carbohydrates and you see these top level athletes eating like bagels and pasta and and all of these things and so it does make you want to it makes you think okay like I can start incorporating some of that stuff into my into my like daily regimen when really depending on your goal that might not be the smartest thing to do you know like you aren't training six hours a day yeah, like definitely not in the same portion. Yeah, right. Like you're you're not a professional like you can have that athlete, stuff, but but maybe 500 grams of carbs is not what you need in a day. Right. Yeah. I don't know if you saw uh, a recent video by Haley Adams. She's no. a, she's so for anyone who doesn't know, she's a games athlete, uh, and I keep referring to games athletes because that's like what I know. Uh, Was she on, 19 or 20? She's tw- 20. She's 19. Oh yeah, 20. She's young. She's young. Uh, anyway, she put up a full day of eating. And it was actually very like in the beginning of the day, it was very methodical, very well thought out. Like she was measuring, weighing and measuring all her stuff. And at the end of the day, she like saves a ton of her like calories for the evening. Like she likes to have a huge dinner, which I get like she wants to like end the night feeling full, feeling satiated, like go to bed, blah, blah, blah. She sat down and ate like a legitimate dinner. I can't remember what it was. And then after dinner, she ate another meal that was like an additional, I think it was like an additional 200 grams of carbs. It was like 10 rice cakes with like honey and like some other shit. But it's because she needs like all of those calories, yeah. right? Like a normal human being can't do that kind of shit. But people think that they should because they see it. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So you don't need the same portions. You can eat the same foods, but right. yeah, you can have two rice cakes. You don't need 10. <laughs> you, you, you def, your body does not need that many absolutely not and she's also like at an age where she's super metabolically active too just in general well, she's a so. professional fucking athlete and, so and, like... but in addition to, in addition to that like she's so young like yeah. um but yeah i i am happier to see like more of these athletes like actually eating food instead of like some fucking athletes who are like their coaches tell them that no one should eat over 250 grams of carbs unless they're said elite CrossFit games athlete. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's part of that message we were talking about in the beginning, right? Like it's a huge ship that now like that portion, like that portion of people on the ship are starting to put that message out there. And now it's just going to take the rest of us and larger companies to start saying, Oh yeah, like this is, the way you need to go like it isn't about restrictions and rules it's about finding like proper amounts of those macronutrients and incorporating you know the types of foods that you enjoy with also with the types of foods that you need and like finding a sustainable way to eat and then the same goes for for fitness right like it's all about sustainability and consistency whether you're female male it it doesn't matter those are the two things that matter 
How do we pound that into people's heads? How do we just get everyone to understand? <laughs> simple. Yeah, I don't. Simple. It's really, I mean, it's, I mean, it's, it's simple. The... It's not easy for people. Well, that's why it takes so long right there. Cause it's not easy. Everybody wants easy. <sighs> Even you and I want easy. We just know that that's not realistic. So we don't talk about it. Yeah, I definitely know that that's not realistic. Like I, I w if I could have a Staples easy button right here beside me and I hit it and my calves on my chest became like man calves and chest instead calves. of the baby ones, I'd be good. You do have skinny calves. I have baby calves. Uh -huh. Baby. And baby chest. I'm on Operation Mar Get a Big Chest right now. <laughs> and we're yes. just... Ashley will tell you it's like the 17th time in the last three years, but this time I'm going to make it happen. <laughs> What's your plan for that? So I'm keeping it super simple. I'm literally just going to do 10 to 15 sets of chest exercises each week. But that's all I'm doing. I'm not going to try to create some kind of like periodized plan for it. I'm not going to like map out what I'm doing. Just every week, I'm going to make sure I do between <laughs> 10 and 15 sets. Of She's texting me. Of some kind of exercise. And I'm just going to hit that. And that's it. Because... <laughs> According to the research right now, that's what stimulates hypertrophy is 10 to 20 sets per muscle group per week. So if I can just keep doing that, uh, we're going to see what happens. Okay. Well, I mean, I'll be waiting for progress pictures along with the rest of the internet. Did you take before pictures? Uh, well, I'm only a weekend, so I can still take before pictures. Yeah. Nothing has grown yet. Well, we're going to hold you to Operation Big Chest and Big Calves. Well, Ashley's <laughs> probably laughing at me as we speak. So she, she's like, she literally sent me a text and was like, this is legitimately the 20th time that he's tried this. Uh, you, this time it's happening. I'm we're everyone is going to hold you accountable. I know now. I put it I'm out in there in the this. world now, so I got to do it. Marcus is so jealous of my calves. He always says that because I have like dad calves, mm, but not like ugly dad calves. No, they're not ugly dad calves. Rude. Oh, He's man. just always, I'm like, I'm like, they're really not functional. They're just there for show. You know, if you're like, trying to spread this message of like women getting into fitness, you probably shouldn't talk about how you have dad calves. <laughs> That's not going to help. I do though. I'll measure them. I'll let you know how big uh, they are. <laughs> don't do that. Ashley and I measured our quads a few months ago Wait. and she already put me to shame. I thought the measuring tape was in here, but it's not, and I'm connected. Otherwise, I would have done it right now live on air. Yeah, you don't need to do that. Ashley already put me to shame with her with her quads. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. They're like three inches wider or bigger in diameter. My quads might be bigger than your quads. No, you're small. You're a small human. I'm not that small. You're smaller than me. I'm not like a small dude. You're not. No, you're not. Well, you're what? You're five foot eleven and a half, and what? How how much do you weigh? <laughs> uh, one eighty, I'd say. Okay, that's what I was gonna say, but yeah. I I'm not as good at judging dudes' weight as. I mean, well my as legs women. are not big by any means. I could gain ten no. pounds on each leg, and I'd look the exact <laughs> same. Like you wouldn't be able to tell the difference if I had pants on. You put it all. Like, put it all in the calves. All yeah, that would be good. I'd look way more athletic because you look fucking athletic as hell if you have calves. Yes. Accurate. Even if you don't know how to kick a ball or catch a ball, <laughs> if you've got big calves, you're like, I bet that person could catch a ball. <laughs> this episode's going to be called like big calves, bear spray, and yeah, I don't that... even know what else. <laughs> 
and and women balking there we'll, we'll, we'll fit the actual topic that well, we sat now down you got to two b's you got to get one more to have it like be an oh. iteration big calves oh. bear spray oh and balking three b's there you go oh yeah look at you except i don't think that describes the majority of our conversation just this tail end there were a lot of tangents today that's okay that's where the good stuff happens I know. Ashley says you're always trying to rein people back in, but you're the one who's like initiating the tangents. No, here's the deal. When I interview people, I want there to be tangents, but sometimes people don't go along with it and they're just like very mm. by the book and like the, they just want to answer your questions, but that makes it boring. So if I'm yeah. being interviewed, I'm willing to go down the tangents because that makes the episode better. Yeah, we'll go down the rabbit hole for bear spray and knife blade sizes and conceal carry exactly that's way more entertaining than if you just asked me 17 questions and i just answered them as scientifically as possible no one wants to hear that no no one does want to hear that you're right um final thoughts okay final thoughts um to condense everything we said and summarize um I think it's that we as a whole as an industry need to do a better job of preaching this message that it is not only okay, but women should strive to to lift weights and to develop like muscular strength and endurance and just build capacity in ways that allow them to be more independent and functional and have a physique that allows them to, you know, like live their life in a way that they can cultivate like a good quality of life and to promote like things like free weights and barbells and just getting women exposed to all those things and feeling comfortable in those, those arenas. And a lot of that comes from not only messaging from like brands and, and individuals, but also like the men on this side of the equation, understanding that, Hey, like I probably shouldn't check this chick out if she comes over into the free weight section, cause she's going to think I'm a fucking creep and never want to come back again. Right. Like that's a very real thing. So it's like just having it become a more, more of a societal norm for women to engage in all of these types of fitness and these modes of fitness that men engage in and that they need to be doing those things in order to cultivate like a healthier life. That was really good. Thanks. That was impressive. I, that was, that was impressive. Um, well, remind people where they can find you guys. Uh, yeah, you can check us out on Instagram. That's probably where we're the most active, ballistic.performance. Uh, tangent on that, I still can't figure out who has ballistic performance. So if you're listening and you have it, I'm going to hunt you down. <laughs> I'm going to find you. <laughs> uh, but no, find us on ballistic.performance on Instagram, uh, Facebook. Again, just ballistic performance. And then our website, it's a little tricky because someone wants $5,000 for ballisticperformance.com and I'm not going to give them that. So it's trainballistic.com. Oh, I, I wondered why you guys did that. That makes a lot of more sense now. I'm like, did they just do that on purpose? Yeah, or no, someone's holding on to that. The asshole has the thing. Yeah, and they want five grand and I'm not giving you five grand. Yeah, no that's way. okay. But um, yeah, go check them out. They're also, are you guys still on TikTok? Are you still TikTok stars? Uh, yeah, still on TikTok at Ballistic Performance, but we've been really diving into Reels lately. Reels. Yeah, hardcore. Even though they're the same thing, Reels, we're trying to up our reach on Instagram a bit. Yeah, their Reels have been, they've been good. We actually had somebody today on our business like call, and they were like, hey, you guys make really funny Reels. 
And we're like, you oh, do. oh, great. Now we're known as those people. You do though. And the con the, I mean, the content is really good with them too. Like the one about your, your nutrition story and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Like they, they post really good content, but they are also hysterical. Um, Ashley's going to kill me for saying this because <laughs> I know how she gets with them. She gets uh, so nervous. We, we made that known on the, uh, on our mentorship call today on our business call. We let everybody know she cries. She's going to kill you. Oh, yeah. It's okay. She knows. She says it. She doesn't like it. It's just like when we all I look, I look at it like this. When we used to do the podcast, she used to cry, right? When we used yeah. to film TikToks, she used to cry. So this is just a phase. Like eventually yeah. we're going to get over it. And then the next thing's going to come along and she's going to cry. And we're just going to keep rolling. Just can't keep rolling with it. <laughs> Well, thanks for sitting down, Derek. Everybody go check them out. If you need help with fitness, nutrition, um, de they're definitely who I go to. They're who I pay for my services. So um, I obviously um, vote with my dollar with that. Um, and until next week, guys, keep it strong and unfiltered. See ya. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Whether this is your first time tuning in or if you're here with us each and every week, I just want to take a moment to thank you. Ash and I could not do this week in and week out if it were not for you. We would not be here. We would not be making the impact that we are making. We wouldn't be reaching the amount of people we're reaching and changing the amount of lives that we're changing. So if you enjoy what you hear, please head over to Apple, leave a five-star review, leave a comment in there as well. That is how we continue to expand the reach of this platform and impact more people. If you don't follow us across all of our other social media accounts, make sure you get on there, hit that follow button, hit that subscribe button. We're on Instagram at ballistic.performance. We are on Facebook, of course, at Ballistic Performance. We have a YouTube channel that we're in the process of revamping and renovating. And then you can also check us out on TikTok as well. We got all kinds of fitness information on there for you. But please, please, please tune in. Take in as much of this information as you can because that's what we're here for. We're here to bring you value. Until next time, I hope you guys have a fantastic week.